the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Happy New Year's. Today is New Year's Day, but more importantly, it is the feast of the circumcision and naming of our Lord, who brings with his incarnation not just a new year, but a new covenant of grace which far surpasses the old covenant. It surpasses it in its perfection, its gifts, and its eternity. St. Paul spills a lot of ink and later a lot of his own blood writing and preaching against circumcision. The book of Galatians can really be summed up with neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but a new creation. This debate over circumcision occupied much of the effort of the Church of the Apostles. It was a major topic even in the first apostolic council in Jerusalem as well as a major subject of several of the epistles. And why was this so? Why was this issue so hotly contested? Well, in Genesis chapter 17, God had commanded this sign of the covenant to Abraham. He said to Abraham, This is my covenant which you shall keep between me and you and your descendants after you. Every male child among you shall be circumcised, and you shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskins, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and you. He who is eight days old among you shall be circumcised. Every male child in your generations, he who was born in your house or bought with money from any foreigner, who is not your descendant. He who is born in your house and he who is bought with your money must be circumcised. And my covenant shall be in your flesh for an everlasting covenant. And the uncircumcised male child who is not circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin, that person shall be cut off from his people. He has broken my covenant. In the old covenant, there are no loopholes It is simple. If you are to be a child of God among the people of God, you must be circumcised. If you're going to be in the community, you must abide by the covenant of which circumcision is a sign. In Old Testament Israel, circumcision was the defining factor of who was in and who was out. It was the physical removing of the flesh with pain and blood. It could not be covered up and it could not be faked. It forever marked one as one of us. It separated Abraham and his descendants from all the other nations of the world as God's chosen people. And why was it a controversy after Jesus ascended into heaven? Why was so much ink and blood spilt on this topic? Why did it cause schism in the church? Didn't our Lord himself, as we just heard, submit himself to circumcision? Here is the point and the crux of the controversy. Circumcision was absolutely required by the old covenant. But Christ brings a new covenant. The old covenant has passed away. Of course, many whose identities were based upon the Old Covenant, based on circumcision, were not willing to let it pass away. But pass away it had. Just like the sacrificial system had been mandated by God as a type 
of what was to come, a type of the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross, so also the covenant of circumcision was a type of Jesus subjecting himself to the entire law of God. Paul writes, And I testify again to every man who becomes circumcised that he is a debtor to keep the whole law. Circumcision placed one under the entire law, binding him to keep it or die. When a Jewish boy was circumcised, he had a physical confessional mirror cut into his flesh, a most bodily expression of the second use of the law. Circumcision told him that he was a sinner in need of God's mercy, for he was not able to keep that law to which he was bound in the flesh. Jesus' circumcision on the eighth day, when he was eight days old, is the fulfillment of the Old Testament covenant. Because unlike every child born from Abraham until the first century, for the first time a boy was bound to the law of God and fulfilled it. At eight days old, Jesus shed his blood under the law, and he remained sinless. He subjects himself to the entire law, keeping it. Every jot and tittle, nothing left unfinished by him. Christ was not subject to the law by necessity, as we heard yesterday. Everyone else who preceded him, like everyone else who preceded him, because of his person, since he was the Lord of the law, according to his divine nature and according to his human nature even, conceived without sin by the Holy Spirit. He was already without sin and therefore not subjected in any external way to the law. In fact, he was the very incarnation of God's law in his own being. The fact is he placed himself externally under the law through circumcision for your sake, for the sake of all who believe upon his name. Why? So that he might be able to redeem you and all mankind from the curse of the law. Not that the law is a curse, for it is good and it is holy, but we fall under a curse because we do not fulfill it. That's why Christ was born and became man. In the flesh he sheds his blood both at the time of his suffering and death, but also here in his circumcision. So that by the shedding of blood, the entire body of the human race could be served and benefited. St. Paul says in Ephesians chapter 1, 22 through 23, that Christ is the head and the church is his body. Whatever happens to the head happens to the body. Therefore, his circumcision is able to give benefits to the whole body, the church. And just like a man is not circumcised twice, so everyone inside the body of Christ already is circumcised through him and not bound to be circumcised in the flesh. Jesus was born for your good and suffered for your good. He came to take upon himself the burdens of the law as your substitute, for circumcision was a command of God. And as a substitute, he wanted to step into your place under the burden of the law and remove the punishments forever. Now neither circumcision nor the curse of the law are placed upon your shoulders, because he bore both in his own flesh. 
St. Paul says in Colossians 2, In him you were circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, by putting off the body of sins of the flesh, by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, in which you were raised with him through faith and the working of God, who raised him from the dead. You have been buried with him in baptism. You have been clothed with him. His name has been placed upon you, for he is your head. You have been made alive and given a new birth. Circumcision has no further mandate in the Christian church, just as animal sacrifice now has no place. Christ is the end and the fulfillment. You are released from the curse of the law by your Lord and your Savior. He lives up to his name, a point that I have been making a lot in the sermons recently. Jesus, Yahweh saves, for he saved his people from their sins. His name is Jesus, and he has rescued you from under the law. There isn't a better way to ring in the new year than hearing again that Jesus is your Lord and your Savior, that he was circumcised and he was even named for you, that you are washed clean in his blood, and as we enter the new year, to remember that he makes you and everything new by his grace. In the name of Jesus, amen. You may rise for the offertory. Thank you.